and it's the Gil Can Run Show, episode 20. Look at this. It's 20 episodes that I could juggle. Bet you didn't know that I could juggle. Most people don't. Now everybody does. I can juggle. Not very well. I could never do it through a race. There are people that do that through an entire marathon. They juggle through a marathon. I could not do that. I drop way too frequently. I just taught myself to do it when I was a kid as something to do. I never got seriously into it. Um, just every now and then, you know, I ended up doing it. The reason I'm using tennis balls is because one, I have three tennis balls and two, um, I was sitting there the other night and I meant to do my training run at the pace that I'm going to run Philadelphia at, at eight, Philadelphia at 8.35, 8 minutes, 35 seconds per mile. And I went out a lot faster than that. And my shin was really tight. So one of my very good running friends, who's the one that really all credit goes to her for me even hitting um, the, um, the uh, 353 I did in Hartford, is uh, talking to me and she says, well, you know, if your shin's tight, do you have your foam roller? I said, no, my foam roller got destroyed in the fire. I haven't had a chance to replace it yet. I honestly haven't. I've been too busy replacing other stuff that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not necessarily important for my running, but more important for my family's everyday life. So uh, she said, well, do you have a tennis ball? Of course I have tennis balls. Um, not because I play tennis, mind you, I don't. I have tennis balls because I pick them up when people who do play tennis are done with them because I use them, one, to juggle, and two, uh, when your shin's sore or something like that, you know, you can use it, or the bottom of your foot, you know, you can roll the ball, and it's like a foam roller. You know, have some give to it, so it's not like the end of the world, and you can roll out any tightness and any muscles and any tendons that you have, you know, as long as you're careful with it. Don't press too hard, things like that. Same with a foam roller, right? So, you know, I have them. And I was thinking, it's episode 20, let's do something exciting. So I gave you a little bit of juggling here. Here's, here's just a little bit more. Okay, I think I've pressed my luck far enough with that. We're going to stop. So as I said, it's episode 20. Tennis balls magically disappeared. Because I put them somewhere off camera. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm still running great. Uh, today, I finally was like at 8.25 per mile, which is cl much closer, much better than to where I want to be. I don't want to train too fast because I don't want to risk injuring myself. I want to complete this. I want to have fun. I want to finish all my goals for the year. I still have to hit 1500 miles. I'm coming up on 1300 right now. So I'm right on pace. I'm actually a little bit ahead of pace. I actually today hit where I should be at the end of October. And you figure I've still got what? One, two, three, four, five, six runs left in the month of October. I'm going to go at least five miles each one of those runs. And so that's at least 30 more miles. And I hit my goal uh, mileage for today. I, I didn't tape up and I'm a little bit sore. I just got back from, uh, just got back from my run. In fact, I got out of the shower and decided I'd record right now because it's nice and quiet. And uh, 
I don't have my studio set up like I used to. Uh, I had my room basically set up like a studio where it was nice and quiet and I had area no matter what was going on. Um, that there would be silence and that's just not going to happen anymore. So I figured, you know what, get it done now, get it over with and, uh, and, 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 and share with you guys my experiences of the week. So I stayed pretty much on, I was actually about 10 seconds per mile faster than my anticipated pace, but I'm okay with that. It's that I was doing like 755 per mile on, uh, you know, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday where I'm going much faster than where I want to actually be and while that's a good thing um, and certainly you know there's nothing that says I can't go faster I just don't want to risk injuring myself so as long as I can keep up the pace that I want to keep up over a long distance then I'm fine today you know did about 6.7 miles kept it at the pace I wanted to keep it at no problem everything's good I'm a little bit tired. It's the third day in a row that I've run, so of course I'm tired, but that's that. So, that being said, I'm taking tomorrow off. I'll run Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, probably, if I can manage it, I'll get out Monday to the club run, just to go to another club run, and then, uh, and then you know, finish out my week. Uh, next Sunday is another 5K for me. And uh, I actually almost PR to 5K. Hold on, I gotta grab it and look at it uh, on Sunday. And I wrote about this. I was eight seconds off my personal best in a five-kilometer race. I'm a little bit upset about missing it by eight seconds, but it's okay. Um, I have another chance. Plat Tech. It's actually a flatter course. It's a faster course. Hopefully the weather conditions will be a little bit better because it's actually a little bit cold here on Sunday. It was cold enough that it actually snowed while I was driving home. Uh, it didn't stick. It wasn't, you know, like a heavy snow. But it did actually snow where I live in the middle of October. That's really weird. And, of course, some politicians took it or people running for office took it and said, Ooh, see, it's cold. It's cold. There's no global warming. It's like, oh, dipshit. It's called seasons, they change. Uh, it got cold for a couple days. It warmed back up again today in the last couple days. I've been dealing with uh, flies on my run. I actually had one go down my throat as I was coming home. Uh, and I got one in my eye yesterday as I turned the corner to come home. And it's like really, they're these little black flies. And if you don't live around here and you don't know what they're like, uh, I know the folks in Canada know what they're like. Um, they're just everywhere and they're irritating and ah, oh, they get into everything and it's so gross. So, hence I showered after I got home and I still feel yucky because, you know, I know I swallowed a bug. There's nothing I can do about it. <sighs> the things I go through, the things I go through. So, that's that, that's where I'm at there. Um, and yeah, I mean, the running's coming along really well. I'm very excited because today I cut up some potatoes and I parboiled them and I have them in the freezer right now. And after I'm done here, I'm going to go take them out of the freezer and I'm going to fry them up and I'm going to have nice, crispy, fluffy French fries for dinner. 
and uh, little uh, uh, their little uh, uh, basically soy patty sliders. Um, and uh, I hope made ketchup this afternoon. Uh, I will post the recipe for the ketchup, by the way. Uh, and actually, you know what? I will I will post up how I do my French fries and um, and my ketchup. Uh, on the website for you guys in conjunction with this video and everything else so you guys will have it you can totally like do whatever you want with it uh, ketchup's really simple that's the nice part about it uh, you think that it's something really complex and it's not and then once you know what basically goes in it you can adjust it for what you like and you can change things up and make things different and you can put like sriracha in it or hot sauce or whatever you want to do. Because I know sriracha is the big thing now, right? Everyone wants sriracha and everything. And frankly, it's just another hot sauce to me. I mean, I love hot stuff. We've gone over this. Um, there's nothing special to sriracha to me. Um, you know, it imparts a heat and it has a nice flavor to it, but... Tabasco has a nice flavor to it in parts heat and you know I don't prefer one thing over the other some things go better with different dishes it makes sense right happens with wine it happens with all sorts of things different types of things go better with other different types of things and that's fine that's eating that's the whole like science of cooking right but like I'm not gonna sit there and put sriracha on well, sriracha on eggs actually does go very well, but so does ketchup and Tabasco on eggs. You know, they're all, it all works out, right? So, that's just how we do it. That's how it goes. And uh, I believe that my doorbell just rang, so now I have to go, and then I'll have to edit this. So, we're actually going to get an edit on the 20th show. It's not the first edit, and it won't be the last edit, but it's going to happen. We'll be back. All right. What happened was... That was my contractor. He had to sign some papers to finish up everything so everyone can get paid and do all that stuff. So it was important that I go answer the door and interrupt the show, interrupt my flow, which I never do, so that we could get that done. And that's an important thing. I'm still not sitting on my bed right there. There we go. Now I'm all better. So anyway, um... Yeah, uh, I forget where I was at this point, but that's cool. Whatever. I was, uh, you know, I've been running good. Things are going well. So I'm just going to keep at it. Hit my goal for this month. I'm right where I should be. Uh, I should have 250 miles. I should be doing 125 miles a month, right? So at the end of October, I should have 250 miles left, or I should be at 1,250 miles. I should be at 1,251 or 1,252. I didn't actually look on my thing, but I'm there um, today. So, and then I have six days left to run. We've already gone all over this. And then, you know, there's next month. Got the nice flat, fast 5K on Sunday. Uh, my only other races are Philadelphia Roxbury and then Christopher Martin's 5K the day after Roxbury. That's going to end my year and take it nice and easy. Uh, I am going to do my club streaking challenge because when I think streaking, I don't think of running a mile every day. And, you know, so I giggle and it's funny for me because I'm like a giant 
14, 15 year old, and that's that. So yesterday was Back to the Future 2 day. I, I mentioned that uh, on the blog. Um, everyone's talking Back to the Future, Back to the Future. Well, it wasn't until Back to the Future 2 that the entire cast actually goes to the future in on October 21st of 2015 and, you know, have all those hijinks and everything. Uh, so, fact of the matter is that uh, they, uh, you know, it was Back to the Future 2 day. Back to the Future 3 happened way in the past. And, uh, you know, that's that. And, of course, Back to the Future 1 happened in 1955. They did not go to 2015 in Back to the Future Part 1. So that's that. Uh, everyone's really excited. We're talking movies now, I guess. Everyone's really excited about the Star Wars trailers. I'm interested to see what they do. But after the last three movies, I've lost a lot of faith. And I don't feel like... I'm going to get that excited about them because I was really excited about the, first, the the new three that they made and they ended up being a humongous disappointment. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm not feeling it because you, you can bring back Han Solo and Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker and Chewie and, and everyone, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be good. So... I would like to think that they would be careful before they signed on to these things, but you don't know. You just don't know. So, I'm going to lay off. I'm going to take it easy. I'm not getting wrapped up in all this madness. I'm not running out and buying tickets on whatever site or whatever. I don't care. I'll see it when I see it. I don't worry about it then. Everyone else will be like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing in the world. No. Alright, I'm just not going to get excited about it until they show me something that I should be excited about. A trailer is not something that I'm going to be excited about because, frankly, you can edit anything and make it look really exciting. I can edit one of these and make it look like an action-packed, you know, thrill ride for 45 minutes when, in fact, it's just me sitting here talking to you for 45 minutes about stuff and junk. It's kind of like the Seinfeld of... Um, vlogs, I guess, right? And what's the deal with that? So, um, yeah, I guess that's what's going on. I'm kind of drier now because, you know, I've been able to relax and everything and, and dry off and whatnot, and, and now I'm getting itchy, and I don't know why. Probably from all the bugs that were on me while I was running. Um, maybe it's a mental thing, who knows? So, oh, and then, you know, I was complaining about Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they want to make it a TV show, and no, just don't do that. Whoever you are that's thinking about doing that, if you see this, don't do it. People like me aren't going to watch, and we're the folks that go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and watch it, because it's fun, because we make it fun. Because if you ever actually watch that movie... It's a horrible movie. It's terrible. That's the whole point, is that it's a bad movie. I mean, that movie basically ended up creating Mystery Science Theater 3000, which if you haven't seen, is probably one of the greatest TV shows ever created, okay? Mystery Science Theater 3000, it's 
these guys from Minnesota, I think. I think they're from Minnesota. And they started out on, like, you know, public TV. And what they were doing was they would play a really bad movie. And they would sit there and watch it. And, you know, like, you'd kind of see them watching it. And they would heckle the movie to no end. And they just, all these jokes and everything. And then they do cut scenes that related to the movie. Sometimes they didn't relate to the movie. The whole premise of the show was this evil scientist and his assistant got this guy, a janitor, launched him up into space to experiment on him by making him watch terrible movies and see how he would react. And how he reacted was he built a bunch of wisecracking robots to watch the movies with him, and they sit there and they make fun of and thwart the evil doctor all the time with things, and they make fun of the movies, and it's hilarious. And I mean, it's the best way to watch bad movies. So, um, and it was on for a pretty long time, actually, between uh, cable and, and, and late night and everything, and, and you can catch stuff online, and, and they still actually do stuff, but it's all, like, audio that you, like, you know, you got to play the audio with the movie and, you know, stuff like that. So, it's a lot of fun. Uh, definitely hilarious. Something to check out if you haven't seen it. Mystery Science Theater 3000. So, I would definitely suggest that. Uh, moreover, you know, talking about the, the, the Back to the Future 2 thing, this just popped into my head again. Uh, you know, in 2017, that's the year that Running Man happened. If you remember that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, and um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson played. Uh, he was Family Feud. Richard Dawson, right? He was the you know, the like '70s, '80s Family Feud guy. He was also Newkirk on Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> We've discussed my relationship to Hogan's Heroes before. That I, in fact, worked at the same radio station as Bob Crane, who was Hogan and Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, plus just the fact that, you know, the concept of guys subverting Nazi Germany by living in a POW camp and getting out all the time and having all these crazy hijinks. Hilarious. So, but he played Newkirk, and then he was on Family Feud, and then he ended up doing the game show host on The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's this dystopian, you know, prison system thing where, you know, they have, it's gladiatorial games in 2017 and, oh, what a mess. And, you know, of course they end up showing how corrupt the game itself is. It's rigged and people don't survive and they just, you know, it's a whole indictment of the, oh, Jesse Ventura's in it. Um... Uh, Maria, Maria Conchita Alonso, I think, is she the female lead? I think she is. I think she's the female lead. Anyway, you just, you gotta, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. And that's coming up in 2017. And I wonder how many people are going to be sitting there comparing and contrasting between those two. Um... I don't think I really want to. I don't want things to be like they were in that movie. Although, you know, Richard Dawson hosting a, another game show in 2017. Is he still alive? I don't know if he's still alive. 
But, you know, that'd be fun. Because he's Richard Dawson. And those were always the best family feuds. Although, Steve Harvey does a pretty good job. See, now that I'm, like, unemployed, I'm sitting here, like, well, because I'll be doing something in the kitchen, and Grandma will be, you know, like, today I made ketchup, and Grandma will be watching The Feud with Steve Harvey hosting it. And he's pretty good, because Steve Harvey was pretty funny anyway. Um, always has been. So, um, you know, just that's the way that, that is. Uh, but I honestly, I don't watch a lot of TV. I just, you know, read about these things, hear about these things. And of course, Star Wars was such a seminal event for so many people's lives that it's, uh, I guess, important enough to talk about. Uh, so there we are. Uh, congratulations to the New York Mets. I have a lot of Mets friends uh, as friends. Um, sorry to the Cubs. I have a lot of Cubs fans friends too. That's been awkward on the Facebook feed. Um, and I don't really, you know, I get it. You know, and I do. I feel bad for the Cubs. I mean, and I feel bad for Cubs fans, really, because, I mean, it's been a very, very long time. And uh, you would figure they'd be due eventually, but they did. They had a good season. It's tough to do. You know, it is tough to go through a 162-game season, make it through the playoffs. Now there's more playoffs to get, make it through, and it's just, and frankly, the Mets just had a really good team this year. So kudos to them. Even though I'm not watching baseball, I'm not participating much in baseball at all because Major League Baseball needs to check themselves. We've discussed this over the whole steroids thing because they knew and they just threw people under the bus to make Bud Selig look good on his way out. And that's shitty. So, you know, that's just, that's the way it is. More entertainment stuff. Let's just stick with entertainment stuff at this point. So, H2O, one of my favorite bands in the world, right? They're playing Europe right now. And last night, they were in Italy. And they're so excited that they're in Italy. And they're in Milan. Milan's like the most northern Italian city. It's hours and hours and hours to get from anywhere south of Milan to Milan. Unless you're living in an area where you have Frescherosa, right? Which is the high-speed train. It works really well in the north. They don't have that in the south. Okay. So... It dawned on me, I love the south of Italy, I want to live in the south of Italy, I want to work in the south of Italy, I want to be in the south of Italy. But I never see any of the bands that I like playing anywhere in the south of Italy. I've seen a couple bands play Rome, you know, Florence, Milan, places like that. It's all north. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, last time I was in Trani, I'm walking around, and there was this bar, club, whatever, I didn't go in, but they had, like, it was definitely metal playing that night, um, and they had heavy music a couple nights, but I didn't go in, because frankly, my Italian is not good enough to really talk music to people, okay? I can have very simple conversations in Italian. I'm on, like, Peppa Pig level of language, with Italian in general conversation. It's very difficult for me at this point. So I was uncomfortable, so I didn't go in. But clearly, there is a heavy music scene down there. 
So I'm wondering, I don't know, I have to look into it. But if I'm going to be down there, maybe on top of teaching English, I may have to uh, put together some shows, maybe. I think that would be a, a good little exercise, a fun little exercise. Put some shows together, have some folks play, see what happens. Who knows? I wouldn't want to make money off of it. I just want to support the scene. Hardcore is worldwide. It works everywhere for everyone, wherever there's working class people. You know, like, that's what it's for. That's, it's there to bring people together and lift them up, you know. Well, at least the stuff I listen to is there to bring people together and lift them up. So, you know, it's something to look into. It's something to think about. You know, is that something that I might be interested in doing? Yeah, I might be interested in doing it. We have to see. Uh, we have to see when I end up there, where I end up, and, you know, what's going on. So, but like, yeah, nobody ever seems to come down there and play. I think that that would be a thing to look into and do. So, and I even said to the guys, I said, guys, you got to play the South sometime. You got to work that out. You got to make it happen. There's more to Italy than Milan, Florence, and Rome, and Venice. There's a whole southern part, the Kingdom of Two Sicilies, and it's an awesome place, and, you know, I love it. I enjoy it a lot more than I enjoy the North. And I love Rome, don't get me wrong, Rome's a lot of fun, but it's much more relaxing once you get south, and it's more chill, and it's more my speed. So, that's what we go with there. Um, so, other than that... Um, I, I do have to get a little serious today because uh, people have been talking about it a lot and one of my friends pissed me off with it uh, because they pissed me off and he was talking about gun control and how horrible it is because he, you know, he believes what he believes, it's fine, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, he, uh, he had shared something about, I forget what, and I was just like, no, no, no. You know, the fact is, is that, you know, legally manufactured guns, legally distributed guns, legally purchased guns, and then somewhere along the line they become illegally owned guns. Nobody illegally builds guns, illegally distributes guns, and then, you know, Somewhere along the line, either it's a straw purchaser or, you know, other events are happening. Okay, so, you know, there's something wrong with the legal system of manufacturing, distributing, and selling guns. Because they're getting into the hands of the wrong people. Right? So there's something wrong in that system, and that's the system that needs to be looked at. And nobody wants to talk about that because they figure that it's going to fetter their access to firearms. And it probably will. And that's okay. It is. That's okay. You know why it's okay? Because I'm not okay with like little kids getting shot and stuff like that. That's not cool. And it happens a lot. And it's happening more and more frequently than it used to happen. Because there's more and more guns. So as we get more guns, we're getting less safe. Even though they keep telling us, oh no, if everyone had guns, we'd be totally safe. No, no we wouldn't.
because plenty of people have shown that they just do not have the capability to make decisions rationally when it comes to the use of firearms. And the fact of the matter is nobody has a right to take anybody else's life at all. End of. The second you do that, you're wrong, and I don't care what the extenuating circumstances were. Well, they were going to kill me. Well, one of you was going to be wrong. That's the way that it is. You know, and it sucks, right? It totally sucks when you think about it. That we have to even worry about it, that we even have to have this discussion. Complete suck fest. But, the fact of the matter is, then he went and he shared something about wounded knee. And, you know, the government was confiscating their guns. And then, you know, somebody started firing anyway. Well, the government was confiscating the weapons. And somebody refused to give over their weapon. A soldier very wrongly started firing ended up shooting people, and then some of the uh, natives started firing back, and they ended up hitting their own people. It was a giant disaster, giant CF. And the fact of the matter is, is that, frankly, the way we've treated natives in this country, that was going to happen anyway. It had nothing to do with confiscating weapons at all. And it just had to do with, we were crappy towards the natives. And we were always crappy towards the natives. And we are continually crappy towards the natives. Even in this day and age, people are crappy towards the natives. It's ridiculous. So, you know, they're sitting there, and he was using it as a cautionary tale. And I'm like, well, here's the fact of the matter that, like, look at this, you know, picture of this police department. And I use Salinas, California, just because I... It was the first picture that I came across with this armored vehicle that clearly had mounts for weapons and things like that. And I'm like, police have these armored vehicles that they can just roll in and shoot and do whatever they want. Do you have a rocket launcher to stop this vehicle? Do you have landmines to stop this vehicle? No, you don't. So your little pea shooter, even if you have an assault rifle, isn't going to do anything to stop them if they don't want you to stop them. Okay? Look at Waco, Texas. Look at uh, the Branch Davidians. Does anyone remember that from the 90s? Okay. This was early on in the 90s. These people, this guy David Koresh, he had all these religious followers. They were stockpiling weapons. The end times were coming. What is it with all these people think the end times are coming? Who cares? But anyway, oh, the end times are coming. And they're buying all these weapons, and they weren't allowed to have all these weapons that they were buying. Uh, they shouldn't have been buying them. And what ends up happening is uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms comes to say, hey, you guys can't have these weapons. Knock on the door uh, to execute a search warrant, and they start shooting at the ATF agents. So, next thing you know, there's a siege at the compound, right? Now, granted, here's the thing. Back then, we didn't have militarized police like we have now. But, if the police really wanted to, I'm sure they could have figured out, the ATF, the FBI, and everybody could have figured out, okay, if we get some of this stuff and we roll in on them, it won't be a problem. But they didn't. And they used what they had and they had available. And it ended up a total disaster. Did the government set fire to the compound? Did the people set fire to the compound? Who frickin' knows? But the fact is, set fire, lots of people died. It was horrible. Right? So, 
Um, the fact is that the government at this day and age could just roll in with the tank and, you know, that would be the end of it. It's ridiculous, this idea that we could have this standoff with police. You know, uh, that rancher who was, uh, who's been stealing, uh, hasn't been paying for using government land to feed his cattle, uh, even though he owes like f almost 40 years uh, payment on that because it was a law signed when Reagan was president, right, stating that they had to pay for the use of the land, and he hasn't been paying, and he had all these guys with guns, and, and oh, look, we held off the government. No, no. The fact is, the government just said, you know what, if we go in and, and we stop this forcefully, you know, this isn't going to look good. It's not worth, the money isn't worth killing people over it. Let them do what they want. Whatever. So, they didn't actually succeed because the government was scared of them. It just, you know, it wouldn't have looked good. Obviously, people would have been like, how dare the government do that? But frankly, you know, I mean, look at the Whiskey Rebellion, right? Whiskey Rebellion, this is, you know, right after America becomes a country, they tax whiskey in order to pay for the revolution because we had debts to pay. So they tax whiskey, people get pissed off. All the folks who, believe it or not, are the same descendants of the same folks who are doing all this mess today. They're sitting there, oh, we don't want to pay tax on this, and they start a rebellion, and they're going to have a limited amount of success, and then Washington's just like, you know what, send the militia in, militia goes in, wipes it out in like no time. And Washington wasn't messing around. He wasn't like, oh, well, they have guns, and they have their Second Amendment right to protect themselves from the nation. No, he was like, they were wrong. They shouldn't be protecting themselves from the nation. They should be paying their taxes like every other citizen. They should be doing what is best for the nation. And they're going around and they're causing trouble and they're shooting people and they're, you know, wrecking things. So screw them. And that's what he did. And that was George Washington. So if you want to sit there and say that, oh, well, the founders said that we should have these weapons to fight off the government when they need to be fought off. Bullshit. Because the founders sent the government after people that you would applaud today if you only heard half the story. Which, generally, that side of the argument, here's half the story, and then this, they're, oh, and they're full of shit, and they're stupid. And it's just stupid. Because at this point, the people that are saying, oh, well, we can't, we can't do any, we have to worry about the criminals, we can't do anything about the fact that we have enough weapons in this country for almost every single man, woman, and child there is in this country. Okay? We have enough so that just about everyone could have one. And we make so many that there's such a surplus that the surplus ends up getting sold to third world nations, warlords in third world nations, at the behest of our government, because they get things from it, and these warlords go off, and they've been doing it for years. There's such a glut of weaponry in these countries. They've been doing it for years, and they sit there, and they wreak havoc on their own populations just so they can make more money. 
And it's all because we produce too many weapons because we've set up this whole system. Okay, the system needs to change. Something has to change with it. So since we have all these extremists saying nothing needs to change, then I'm going to be an extremist and say, no, everything needs to change. And my personal philosophy is nobody should have one unless you can prove that you need one. Because you live out in the frontier in Alaska or whatever, you need protection from wildlife because there are people that live in places where, where a bear mauling is a very real possibility. And I mean, yeah, it could happen here because we have black bears around, but I mean, really, I'm not really going to be in any situation where I'm going to be that close to a bear where that's going to be a problem. And there's not a situation where there's going to be so little food that it's going to be a problem because bears have plenty of food around here. Even if it is like the family dog or something, which is really sad to think about, but that is just the way nature works. So, you know, there are folks that live out in grizzly bear country and things get, you know, really hairy sometimes and there aren't a lot of resources and that bear might come for a person so you know or that person might need to hunt for themselves and that's that's understandable and that's fine but cities suburban areas most places you don't need any sort of weapon and the police don't need one either To a point because yeah there's going to be ne'er-do-wells who end up getting their hands on stuff that's already out there and so police do need something but i don't think every cop needs a gun i think most cops go through their careers without ever firing a weapon except for in training i think that there should be a handful of officers that have very specialized training much more than they get now and i know that they get a lot but much more than they have now. And they're the ones that are allowed to have the weapons. And they have to keep them in a very specific place. And obviously needs to be mobile and accessible for them when the time is right. But the fact of the matter is, not every single officer needs everything. Okay? They should have protection. They should have bulletproof vests, helmets, things like that. But they don't need a weapon, okay? You disarm the government, you disarm the police, you disarm the civilians, and then what do you have left? You have some criminals with some guns, but they don't have as many as they used to. And it's easier to spot, well, that person shouldn't have a gun. Let's do something about it. Isn't that simple? It's very simple. Instead of what we have now, which is, well, are they allowed to have a gun? Aren't they? Whatever. I don't know. And then the next thing you know, there's a massacre or whatever. And you can't really do anything about it, right? But if you know that the law is nobody's allowed to have one and you see someone with one, then you know, get the fuck away. Simple. Very simple. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, most of these mass killings only happen in, in gun-free zones, which is horseshit. Okay? Absolute and utter horseshit. 
Some of them happen there, some of them don't. The fact is, is that they've been happening more and more frequently ever since we let the assault weapons ban pass. Once, it, once we let that go away, now all of a sudden, I really shouldn't say that phrase, all of a sudden, all of the sudden, but still, I shouldn't say that. Um, suddenly, we let that pat, we let that go away, and now we have these things happening, okay? But even the handguns. Uh, the other day, some guy was, you know, mad in traffic, and he fired, and he shot and killed a four-year-old girl. You know, because he's thinking he's Rambo, and his, his aim's going to be perfect, and he's going to get that person that cut him off, and he ended up shooting the dude's, like, four-year-old daughter. And that is massively shitty. Okay? That shouldn't happen. That's not okay. I'm not willing to say that that's okay. This nation in general said that it was okay. Because every time one of these things happens, they don't do anything. And they keep saying, oh, well, we need to look at mental health, and we need to look at this, and we need to look at that. And we need to look at, you know, this problem, that problem. But they never say, we need to look at the how these guns end up in people's hands. That absolutely should not have them. How do they end up in those people's hands? Oh, well, they're criminals. Well, that's not a good excuse. If the, if the you know, Asif Mambi has said, and other people have said, if the idea is you can't have any gun control laws because criminals will still get guns, then why do we have any laws about speeding? Why do we have any laws? The fact is there are people that are going to break the laws. So until you can get everyone to stop speeding, your argument's invalid, you need to knock it off, and you need to stop saying that it's okay for kids to die just so you can have a gun. Alright? So, we didn't do a lot of running today. We did some running. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sorry I got on the gun thing, but it's really pissing me off because what ended up happening was my friend actually stopped any sort of discussion from me, and he said, I'm not going to, because obviously he was getting upset. Uh, I don't want him to get upset. He's my friend. I want him to be my friend. But at the same time, if he's going to post bullshit about, you know, how everyone should have a gun, expect somebody who thinks that you shouldn't to say something. Because the fact is, is that there is a reasonable side of the argument, which is that things need to change, because this doesn't happen elsewhere. Not with the frequency that it happens here. So, that being said, I'm going to drop it there and leave that one alone. So, just a lot of training coming up this week. Um, getting ready for not just Philly, but for the Tech 5K. I want to PR it. Um, I feel like I can. My legs are still feeling good. I'm going to need a little rest, I think. I'm definitely going to rest tomorrow. Um, I will get the recipe up for you and all that good stuff. And then, you know, we'll go from there. And I'm going to actually go cook everything up right now and get everything set and get this published for you guys and all that good stuff. So, take it easy. Have fun. Keep running. And remember, if Gil can run, then so can you. So, Take it easy. We will see you next time. Ciao.